0: Everybody. I'm Pastor A.J. Hausman, and welcome to 10-Foot Pole, a podcast to dig deeper into aspects of the Bible that get glossed over or totally ignored in most preaching. The Bible has a lot of parts that are racy, uncomfortable, and sometimes downright horrifying. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7. Uh, our guest for today is Pastor Corey Bergman. Corey, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, this is our, our first episode recorded in the new year. So far, uh, nothing terrible has happened in 2023.
1: It's only 2.45, though, so <laughs> give it time.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, so sad about, uh. you know, the death of Pope Benedict and Barbara Walters yesterday. I was like, what?
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's no.
0: just close out the year on a low note.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, no.
1: Anyways. TikTok was having too much fun with that. Oh, I bet. Um, just like everybody protect all of your old people somebody i think i saw one think that somebody should put sir david attenborough in like a, a padded cell for a day just to make it to 2023
0: well, listen, well last year it was uh betty white that died right mm-hmm. before the end of the year and you're like can we just not
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: anyways um, well, today, Pastor Corey and I are going to talk about um, First Corinthians, the the very beginning of the book, and then just some things about the whole book because we we haven't really talked about it before. Um, Because one thing that is an aim and a goal for me on this podcast is for us to talk about, you know, the Bible. Um, And not just about specific verses and passages, but um, the overarching, like, what's going on in these different places and times. Because I think sometimes we can get so separated um, reading the Bible in our 21st century lens um, and from the people who are actually, like, who this was to, right? So First Corinthians is is a letter uh written by Paul to the church in Corinth. And so to just take a moment and like what was going on there and why did he need to write this letter and what was happening. Uh, But first we're going to go ahead and read it. Um, And I'm actually going to read it today if you don't mind um from the new revised standard version updated edition
2: Ooh.
0: Uh, rather than just the one from sundays and seasons but i have to shift to the screen and uh at two thirty in the afternoon it's a bit blinding in my office so i apologize <laughs> i will be sunburnt by the time we're done recording today okay <laughs> first corinthians chapter one verses one through nine paul Called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to to my God always, for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ he will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the partnership of His son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: So this is, um, like, this is a formal introduction. Mm-hmm. That's, um, yeah, that's- I know everyone who's listening is like, wow, I don't even think you actually said anything. You just said a lot of, I'm starting this letter, but I haven't actually read any of the letter. So, Corinthians. (laughs) So, this is an authenticated uh, Pauline letter, meaning that scholars agree that Paul did actually write the letter, because there's a few of the epistles, so the letters in the New Testament, um, that many scholars do not believe our poll. Um, one of the biggest contested ones are the uh, letters to Timothy, first mm-hmm. and second Timothy. Um, those are actually, I think canonically contested. like some people really mm-hmm. didn't think those should be even included in the canon, but here they are, um, along with Titus um and they're they're problem letters, but we can get to those another day. Anyways, this was also um, co-authored by I already forgot how to say his name.
1: Sosthenes.
0: Sosthenes. Why is that so hard? It's that extra S in there. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, he was just the, the leader of the synagogue in uh, Corinth. Um, mm-hmm. So Corinth is a city located in Greece, uh, modern day Greece. Um, mm-hmm. It's closest mm-hmm. to a- Athens. I believe it was a port city. Mm-hmm. Some water going on there. Which, by the way, am, is not close to Jerusalem at all. It's It would actually be a very very long walk for people who were walking or very long boat ride. Cause they could, they could have decently gotten there by mm-hmm. boat. Um, and I bring that up to say, so this was written um, between like 54 or 57, uh, which meaning it's about 20 years after the death and resurrection of Christ, uh, mm-hmm. which is fairly fast to think that Christianity had spread that far already and was establishing churches in these places. But something also to recognize that this was written between 54 and 57. Um, This is before the Gospels were written. Mm -hmm. And that's important to recognize. Um, So when we talk about like what Paul's addressing and the different theological things that he's talking to them about, they don't have the Gospels as a reference. Those didn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So all that they had to work with in their church so far was these letters from Paul um and then they also got some teachings from a few other teachers paul Mm -hmm. apollos uh and peter also went there at various times to help them establish church and and do teachings Mm -hmm. and stuff um so a lot of that like in-person teaching and stuff but they didn't have like a book a reference yeah um i just want to keep that in mind as we're talking Mm -hmm. about like what may have been happening there at the time to understand that like they didn't have like some established theology based on, you know, these books like we do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when we think of like, sort of our theology, we're like, Oh, well we have the Bible. And no matter mm-hmm. what your opinion in Christianity is, somebody somewhere roots that in, in these scriptures. Um, So they didn't have that at all. So they're just like, yeah. they're making shit up as they go. Right. Like that's the whole thing they're doing is they're just building the plane mm-hmm. while they fly in. That's what the early church was pretty much yeah. all about. Um, and so they're in the process of establishing their theology, and they're and they're it's not going well, mm-hmm. and they're bickering and they're fighting. And enough people, you know, sent messages to Paul and were like, "Hey, they don't have their shit together. This is what's going on." And so Paul responds by writing some letters.
2: Yeah, and this is he was busy. He was a in a
0: setting up another church.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, I also think it's interesting it being in 53, or yeah, 54 to 57 CE. Like that. that. Yeah, this means, like, a lot of focal reference points that we get in the gospel is a lot of them were written or being written at the time that the temple was torn down, but in Jerusalem by Romans, 70. Yeah. So this is written pre that. Mm-hmm. And, like, pre this, what would be, um, assuming Paul is writing to both Jewish and Gentile people, like a very cultural moment and cultural shifting moment for a lot of people. So having it written before that also probably changes the theology itself and the way Christianity at the time, which wouldn't have been called Christianity, thinks about itself and how Judaism thinks about itself. Uh, mostly. Yeah,
0: they're still in that place of like, um, you know, in one of the letters it's addressing not this one, but another letter, it's addressing like, hey, do we have to become uh, Jewish before we can be a follower of Christ? Um, and, and the answer they came up with was no. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know um but yeah so it's still in that like vague space um where they would have been at in greece and uh well, it would have been macedonia at the time um where they were at uh i believe most of them would not have been greek mm-hmm. like they would have been a part of pagan religions uh, which is also one of the things addressed, right? Like, are mm-hmm. we, do we do some of these things? Mm-hmm. Do we not do them? Is it bad? Do we have to do it the Jewish way? Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they're still trying to figure it out. Like, they don't know what the rules are yet. And so this mm-hmm. is sort of establishing the rules. Which actually, so a lot of it, when I, in parts of it, I do admire about Paul is he doesn't actually say, this is the law, do this, do this. What he says mm-hmm. is like, hey, maybe this is what you should do, or in my opinion, what I mm-hmm. think. Um, and I enjoy that language from Paul, which mm-hmm. um, I, to me gives way for some interesting conversation as far as like a Christian interpretation, uh, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people that, um, you know, like to, we, we talk about biblical literacy all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. we like to quote scriptures, like, this is the word of the Lord. This is the exact law. hmm well, this was a letter written by Paul, and he mm-hmm. actually prefaces quite a few things with saying, in my opinion. hmm You know? So yeah. I, so that's interesting, then, how we can take them and use them as quote, mm-hmm. law.
1: Yeah. Especially when Paul was very against, not very against the law. That's like a harsh interpretation of what he was. He was a, against harsh interpretations in general. Like, yes. he wanted there to be nuance in gray area, and Grace, which is a word he uses Mm -hmm. time and time and time
2: again.
0: Well, and I actually think this this letter is a lot of of gray area, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, I mean, getting into the letter more. So what's happening, you know, we talked about there's quarrels, there's fighting. So he addresses the fighting and then they had questions about things. They have questions um, about marriage and meat. Those are the big ones, like whether or mm-hmm. not when they should eat certain kinds of meat, like if it's being um, like if, if if an animal is being slaughtered for some other god, should mm-hmm. they eat it? Um, and so that's it. his answer to that is is um, I think is quite good. But yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sort of like, well, if other people are going to see you eating it and then think that you're a pagan, then don't. But like, mm-hmm. we don't actually believe there's anything going on with that meat, so like, it's still good meat if you want to eat.
1: Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. and especially like, that's another like contextual thing. The to to like remind people that like grocery stores, as we know them today, didn't exist. Like Paul's readers in Corinth couldn't just yeah. walk down to the local supermarket um and be like oh here's the meat section i can just pick up my ground beef for like a reasonable price like meat was something that only people who had like some amount of sustained wealth yeah had access to so like it was an actual question of like oh this is a nourishment i really really need right
2: um,
0: i need to eat today mm-hmm. this is what's available yeah what does this new god that i worship say i should do mm-hmm um, which I, so the answer that we just discussed that I think Paul gives uh, to me lends to, um, you know, sort of that, the the grace behind things of sort of like understanding that like, okay, great. It was sacrificed to some other God, not cool. But also, um, you know, what's important is that you are nourished and cared for, that your children are nourished and cared for. Um, and that that is actually what's important.
1: Yeah. And what's interesting, too, is, so yeah, we're in, as we, going back, like, we're in the 50s now, but you go to the end of the Bible, and Revelation, and John of Patmos is writing, and John of Patmos is writing in 90, 96-ish, and he takes a completely different tact to the meat question. He's like, no, there's no situation in which it's ever okay to participate in this Roman religion thing that's happening over here so it's never okay to eat the meat under any circumstance and then you've got paul four years earlier being like well no it it is sometimes okay like it's it's gonna be fine
0: yeah i uh, so you also are are alluding to another i think interesting thing to think about um and and that is the the contradictions that we find um Mm -hmm. from the from the different um books Right. So like, um, so there's the Johannine corpus. So typically it's the gospel of John one, two, three, John, and then revelation. Like these are considered written um, by one author, you know, and then you have the letters from Paul and then there's the other epistles. And then you have, uh, you know, sort of a Luke acts kind of um, doctrine too, because that's one author and and a lens there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so understanding that like these different authors in different places at different points of history, um, give different instruction to the church. Um, and so, uh, I I think it's interesting to wrestle with those, um, and to come out with, uh, it's the whole thing is that when you're trying to look for the rules in the Bible, you're always going to be, you're always going to be in trouble, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're never, you're You could either go one way where you can find rules that um make you feel uh the stamp of approval that you're doing the right thing
2: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. that word's
0: eluding me Mm -hmm. justified thank you um and then there you you might also come across you know different places where what you think um is the exact opposite that Mm -hmm. you're doing everything terribly wrong um and and that's one of the things that we we wrestle with right and mm-hmm. that we have to wrestle with in in order to um, uh, you know i i think have a good and authentic relationship with scripture
1: mm-hmm. yeah because we've invented really really fun ways to make even and i say we being like mostly at least here in the united states mostly like white protestants intellectualism um has has created really wonderful ways of taking those verses that might convict us and turning them into to verses that somehow aren't about us they're either about things we're doing well or they're about other people and so we like to distance ourselves from those convictions and then really embrace the things that justify us so the bible ends up getting sanitized from what it's supposed to do Mm -hmm. which is kind of force us into this wrestling in relationship with god right which is again what paul is paul is talking about here like He's, he's like no we're remember that we're given things through god and so yeah. we should start there
0: you know i'll actually throw some of that blame on like i like i know in some of my teaching and i'm sure that you uh maybe had this um cory went to a different seminary than mm-hmm. i did um that like i was told you know you don't want to be too heavy on the law or the justice or the kind of calling people out thing Mm -hmm. um that it's about grace that people come and they want to be uplifted and hear that jesus loves Mm -hmm. them um which is great Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and i and i do like understand that point of view and i do always you know try to build a little jesus loves you into a sermon and when we do that, I think that we're doing just that, right? Like, we're never wrestling with the actual hard stuff that needs to be wrestled with. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about it. We we do. Like, people in the pews want to hear these sanitized sermons of mm-hmm. maybe a cute little story about your kid or something, and then Jesus loves you, mm-hmm. um, and not actually ever digging into the real stuff. Um, which by the way, you know, is one reason that a certain pastor maybe started a podcast about things that people <laughs> don't preach about, mm-hmm. um, because I was, you know, tired of hearing that. Um, I went yeah. to uh, a local church recently that I, uh, am intending probably to, uh, for our family to be involved in, um, and to maybe mm-hmm. join. Um, and like, that's what the sermon was on Sunday. It was, it was a, it was a lovely sermon. It mm-hmm. was engaging. Um, there was a cute story uh, about their kids and, um, you know, Jesus loves you. And that's what people mm-hmm. want to hear. Um, yeah. But it wasn't challenging. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, this is where is the scripture. Okay. So you ready for this kind of drum. We talk about this being the living, breathing word of God, mm-hmm. that it is moving, that it is flowing, that this word of God is alive in spirit and in our lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it indeed, a living breathing spirit if we don't let it wrestle
2: mm-hmm.
0: if we don't acknowledge all of these parts of the Bible or yeah. we don't talk about it
1: mm-hmm. I think it's also yeah I I don't I don't think it's living then because it's also it's become super dissected too like, um as we like don't get me wrong i understand the lectionary and why it exists the way it does i think it's great (laughs) blah 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 that's my hedge um but also if you don't read all of corinthians if you only read this part of corinthians right and only the like love is patient and kind part of corinthians you miss the parts of corinthians where paul if we're supposed to take paul as an example of how to be a church leader how to be a pastor paul does start out be like these are some things you're doing really great guys and then later on in the letter is like if you could stop Mm
2: -hmm. and like
1: really challenges them to think about what they're doing like that's and he in all of the paul letters even the ones that are just trying to be to copy paul basically to be in the version of paul um like, copy this kind of format. Be like, I'm gonna tell you some things you did really well and tell you that Jesus loves you, and when as long as you call in the name of the Lord, like, when the day of days happens, you'll be blameless before God, but also please do not sleep with your mother-in-law. Yeah. Like, those both exist. Like, that's an extreme example, but he also, like,
0: No, but you're right, though. And that's the point of the whole letter. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I'd like to reflect that that way of speaking to people where you, like, couch it in a compliment. And Mm -hmm. I love you. you're doing a great job. Great uh, corporate feedback tactic. Oh, yeah. Um, I worked for a corporation once upon a time before entering ministry. um, And this is the way that I was told to talk Mm -hmm. to my employees and coach them very effective tool see it comes all the way from the bible and you didn't yeah. even know it mm-hmm. um anyways so some of these hard things that paul talks about uh the first one i want to bring up actually is marriage um mm-hmm. so there's some interesting conversation about marriage in first corinthians and um the truth of the matter is really um paul is not for marriage Mm -hmm. um he's actually pretty against it his advice is like listen i really think you should all just remain unmarried and celibate um and this is actually the only reason he tells them to marry if you can't control yourself then you should go get a wife Mm -hmm. but but really you should not Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that's actually what you should do if you're not married yet don't get married just don't do it that's paul's advice to them Mm-hmm. um this actually uh so this uh became a larger controversy in the early church right is because you know people took this very seriously paul said don't don't get married be celibate whatever um all that stuff um and th- the controversy behind it is like oh, okay if we do that and everybody just doesn't get married and also doesn't you know then reproduce christian church is gonna die
2: right.
0: be fast <laughs> So, there had to be some uh, turning on their uh, tails a little bit. A little bit Mm -hmm. of shifting away from um, what Paul's true message was here, because we couldn't continue to promote people to not get married or have children.
1: Don't know what you're talking about. People should just never get married. He was advocating for a different type of community. Uh Uh-huh. Not built on the patriarchal understanding of marriage. Sure. That, I'm, that's what i'm gonna that's my best interpretation of paul in this moment that's not a good interpretation of paul
0: yeah well i mean <laughs> like and and that's true and i like that of building on a non patriarchal system mm-hmm. right um I, but just the truth of the matter is there were there's some holes in that method um oh, yeah uh that didn't didn't quite uh wouldn't quite work out and so that that was a controversy that they were having at the time is they're like oh wait This brings a swift end to our movement here um, Mm -hmm. if we don't really pass it on. But um, I I just like to point that out is something that Mm -hmm. I find particularly ironic since we like to quote this book of the Bible more than any other at weddings.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, it's like the it's this and then um, the 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 number of. Uh, weddings that use the text from Ruth that your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. And it's like, this is said between a mother two and women. a daughter in law yeah. and two women. Like, this is the, it's the, what, what was it, the, the, the joke running around is like every Christmas season, they have all the cards and the little displays with the cardinals on them. And it's always two red cardinals, which means they're the same gender. And it's like, yeah, just promoting gay rights on the, in, in the straight weddings and in the, Christmas stuff, it's great.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, yes, I am a large fan of these ironies. And which mm-hmm. really just... So to me, it's a display of a larger, I think, misuse of proof texting the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, but that yeah. has
0: become so mainstream to take these portions of the Bible out that we've hopefully got what the whole point of the whole thing was. Mm-hmm. Each individual book as, as well as, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to a next thing that uh you know we really like to focus on uh sex. Church is obsessed mm-hmm. with sex. I've said it a thousand times. It continues to be true. It's the thing that divides Christianity over and over again. Is sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so what's interesting again is if we you know we focus on those pieces, you're forgetting what what the whole message of mm-hmm. of the Bible is about.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, there is one of the we talked about this with Pastor Chris when we were talking about queer theology. One of the clobber verses, there are six clobber verses that conservative, biblical, evangelical literists like to pull out and throw in um, LGBT folks' faces, mm-hmm. um, and one of them happens to be located in 1 uh, Corinthians. It's at the mm-hmm. first, uh I don't remember where it's at,
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I don't put much stock into it. I think it's chapter <laughs> 9. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah, no, chapter six, verse nine. Um, so an interesting thing about this, um, the word that often gets translated uh, into, you know, homosexuality um is an unambiguous word. like we actually is an ambiguous word, excuse me. We don't we don't actually really have a meaning for it. Um, they're not references in other literature outside of this in Koine Greek, and it's only in two places. It's here. And then in um, you know, First Timothy, which we have already established is also a problem. Um and so it's a word that really doesn't have a meaning and has been interpreted very differently um throughout the centuries. Um and it can mean a various things. Um Most likely it has to do with some sort of an abuse. Um, I think uh, an old, you know, uh, Martin Luther took it as like the abuse of children, um, Mm -hmm. sexual abuse of children and others. I think they did in the original in the Latin too, in the Vulgate, they also took it as um, the abuse of children. And it was only later when they're really starting to, um, you know, push and, uh, anti you know uh homophobic uh bible situation that it kind of got inserted as that language and really what's happening is we've you know learned a little bit that like paul is really trying to address some things um the about um sexual morality and that having to do with more uh so they're where they're at and what's happening is they're very influenced um by um the 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 pagan religion right so the Mm -hmm. um and so the way that they would exist and worship their gods and Mm -hmm. exist with each other functions a lot differently from how um historically uh uh, the jewish faith would have and so as these people are then coming and converting into christianity Mm he is inserting some of that Jewish um, morality onto them of saying like, Hey, now that you're Christian, Mm -hmm. this is what we think. Mm -hmm. You can't just go to the temple and of Apollos and like, you know, have your way with some prostitutes. Like that's, that's Mm -hmm. not cool
2: Mm -hmm.
0: in Christianity. Yeah. And, you know, don't sleep with your mother-in-law. That's Mm -hmm. not cool. And so those are really the things that, that he is addressing. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we, we like to take that out of context.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's also, again, a, a good contextual note is that Paul is, uh, a lot of the churches, I'm going to say, a lot of the churches where like our audience will be listening from is in mostly so in ELCA churches, which is the whitest denomination in the United States. Paul is writing to a minority context. Most mm-hmm. of our listeners are not going to be coming from a minority context. They're coming from a majority context. So they don't, there's a there's a translation you have to do in your head and be like, all right. And it is, it's easier for some people because they do have minority intersections in their identity. But like, this is a people who have to constantly be like, I'm unsafe and I need to find my people around me and I need to keep my people around me, like my people. And this is how I identify my people because there's threats outside. And it's like, How do you you figure out who your people are? And that's just something I don't think we think about as much anymore as, like, white people when we are. I can look out the street here in Baltimore, and I can see people who are in the same age bracket, tax bracket, and look and act like me. Like, this is not Mm -hmm. the same for the people Paul's writing to. Um,
0: I, you know, I have felt a little bit... uh since moving to a southern state um Mm -hmm. as an lgbt person uh and family um a little bit more on that edge of like Mm -hmm. needing to make sure to find people that are safe Mm -hmm. um and not necessarily like looking out the window and being like oh these are safe people to be around Mm -hmm. um and so i can see that and like Mm -hmm. definitely where the people are at in the church of of corinth like Mm -hmm trying to to figure some of that out like i do have some understanding of what mm-hmm. that would feel like not nearly as much as lots of other people do but that's yeah uh, mm-hmm. um but um it's in chapter 14 about women remaining silent and mm-hmm. that's the one that people are like that all that that was added later and that's the one that they based on like not only context clues, but the different asterisks or like the, how the manuscripts were set up that like, and it's located in different places and different manuscripts. Um, uh, people are pretty sure that that was added later. So sure. it's about the women remaining silent in the church. Um, yeah. and so I want to say that as that is something that, um, mm. is in this letter too, and also only appears in Timothy. um, <laughs> Uh, about yeah, that, that um and that people think that it, it you know especially that it's not is because it actually contradicts all the other things that Paul said mm-hmm. of like you know um first of all naming and sending women to places mm-hmm. um as well as naming even just right here the the couple verses later from what we read today he's addressing mm-hmm. Chloe and Chloe's church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, not to mention um, Phoebe, Priscilla, Nympha, and and you know, always listing a list of both men and women church leaders um, at the end of Romans um, and some other books. That um, that actually is kind of contradictory to the other things that Paul says about like both men and women, sons and daughters being given the gift of you know prophecy and teaching yeah. and stuff. He says those but then somehow has this one-liner about women remaining silent that actually doesn't make any sense. That is also a verse that has given way to thousands of years of continued oppression of women and this patriarchal structure in the church. Oh, yeah. This one-liner that probably he didn't even say, and that also, even if he did say it, he then immediately would contradict himself by saying, oh, your sons and your daughters have this gift, and Mm -hmm. I'm also going to send these women out as deacons and doing these things.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. They have to be. Yeah. So, anyways, the patriarchal church bullshit is just really one of the things uh, that you know, it trips one of my triggers to get me really angry really fast, so um, I just want to say that that is not something that Paul is actually advocating for.
2: No. I Neither, I in the,
0: neither John. The Johannine Corpus is also very, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. the women elect, and her, you know, family, like, and mm-hmm. her, you know, so, um, also giving the gift um, to men and women alike, so... Mm-hmm. Those two two verses though. Right. So much stock gets put on those two but not any of the other ones.
1: Why would I open my mind to something new when something else can just confirm my already preconceived notion that's lying right here?
0: Well, I think that also gives way to like this understanding of scripture in a way that like doesn't have to be the way that it's always been done. Mm -hmm. And is that always right versus that like, or as we learn and we grow, we actually learn and grow that we know things aren't that way. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. I think about like Galileo, like Mm -hmm. being like, nah, it's not the center Mm -hmm. and flat. And then they killed him. And then they're like, oh man. Mm Mm-hmm turns out he was right. So the whole thing is, is like that was like heresy, right? Like
2: mm-hmm. they killed
0: him because like he was a heretic. He was disagreeing with the theology of the day and the church so badly that it would have rocked and shaped their entire theology different.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And they couldn't handle it. And so mm-hmm. he clearly had to be wrong and said mm-hmm. these terrible things, so we're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out he was right.
2: Mm-hmm. I I, feel-
0: I wonder if they're like this is why I think it's healthy to to wrestle with, with mm-hmm. the scripture and with doctrine and challenge the the way that things have always been.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that was, that was the point of, uh, I get not this last confirmation, but confirmation in 2021, that was like kind of the point of my sermon to the confirmation students was just like, no, here's, I, I literally held up in that, in that sermon, I held up the book of Concord and I held, held up, the, the the church I worked at still used the LBW, which is the green hymnal. And I was like, we this is this is not the end. We have not finished theology. We have not finished tradition. We mm. can still do better and we can still ask questions and wrestle with them and don't like now that you're confirmed, you can be full members of this church. Like you get to ask the questions and they can't congratulations yeah. they can't just say oh you're a kid and push you off to the side no you you're a member now full full-fledged you get to vote you get to ask questions at the meetings do it like mm-hmm. this church needs you so much more than it realizes and i was just like i went off but then of course after the service an, a, a nice person walks up to me and said well you know that green book got us by for so many years so it's it's gotta have some good in it just, like, the point we've we've m- missed it somewhere along the line i'm not saying tradition yeah. is bad I'm just saying we should ask questions and listen to the people asking
2: questions.
0: Well, it's also a matter of like, we continue to learn and grow and adapt in Mm -hmm. every other aspect of human life. Why is theology an exception to that? Why are we not allowed to learn and grow and adapt from our surrounding and put in time and effort to think about it, to wrestle with it, with new things that we've learned and change?
2: I don't know,
1: Pastor AJ. I, I, I know you have a kid, so I I personally stopped adapting and changing when I learned to crawl. I just crawl everywhere now. Mm-hmm. I don't understand these people who walk. Like, what's that about? Change I, I
0: think about, like, uh, <laughs> technology. And I know there are people that have totally taken this approach, but just been <laughs> like, like, oh, man, that's different, that's new, that's change, we can't do it. That is... Fundamentally against who I am, mm-hmm. um, and then we just never adapted any of our technology.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: or like all the way down to like, I, w- I wonder when the fork was invented. Mm-hmm. Do you think there were people who are like, oh my god, that's Satan's stick. We can't use that to eat our food with. Um, when everyone else was like, well, this is a great tool. It's great for picking up mm-hmm. lettuce and meat and all these mm-hmm. other things that the spoon just really wasn't wasn't mm-hmm. a make- wasn't great at.
1: Yeah that's also that reminds me um uh so everybody a uh, fascinating example of this at least for me in churches is that uh, a former classmate of mine at the seminary I went to LSTC. uh shout out to reverend dr kyle johnson he's a doctor in organist he's a doctor in musician um and he's got a couple organ pieces and the thing he likes to remind people when they get so up and tight about the organ is that when the organ was first created and played, it was called the Devil's Instrument. And people didn't want it in churches. And now, fast forward however many years, people yeah. are like, but the organ must be played. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Funnily enough, we changed our opinion on something. Well,
0: um, and like when new music comes out mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I think about, what was the song? I think it was How Great That Art." Like when mm-hmm. it came out, there was a lot of churches that like wouldn't sing it. Like this was like, cutting edge theology and they couldn't believe Mm -hmm. that churches were promoting this kind of stuff in their pews and now us we're like oh yeah that's like the oldest hymn that everyone sings in Mm -hmm. all the churches everywhere that is the most traditional hymn ever Mm -hmm. right so like once upon a time something was always new
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and i think we have just hit a point in the life of the church and i do mm-hmm. say the church catholic small c which means mm-hmm. the you know the the larger body of christ church the the whole thing all the christians together that's um mm-hmm. i think we have reached a point in the christian church mm-hmm. um where it's like things are just changing more than people can handle and so mm-hmm the default then is to double down and not be open to any change Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and then what's happening is the churches are dying because of it Mm -hmm. because people that are like okay well if you're not going to change then i just don't want to be a part of you at all Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and then they don't change and then Mm -hmm. they just die because there's no room for that growth Mm -hmm. Sound familiar?
1: No, I've never heard anything like that before in my life.
0: <laughs> well, and I think also, so part of that having to do with uh, wrestling with scripture um, is, you know, this idea that as we continue to wrestle with scripture, mm-hmm. we continue to learn new things, mm-hmm. right? And we continue to, you know, adjust the way that we think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, based on these new revelations, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know any, like, Bible scholar that's ever been like, yep, I'm done. I don't think I can learn anymore. I'm not open to new ideas about this, that this is just a closed book. It's it's the end. This is what mm-hmm. it says. We're done. Not one. Actually, the more and more I read from scholars and other people, you know, that have PhDs in biblical literature and stuff are like, yeah, man, like, this is... I continue to learn and I continue mm-hmm. to grow. And anytime I read, like I have this study Bible out, I have that out. I have my, you know, my lexicon that like mm-hmm. trying to learn more about what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has to do with like paying attention to like who these people were um, mm-hmm. and what was happening. Cause remember, like, this is the other thing that I think people often forget with this letter. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, this is going to be a radical statement. Paul didn't write this letter to you.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no.
0: Paul wrote this letter to very specific people at a very specific point in time. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind when you read this, right? And that's a thing I think people forget.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Paul is not talking to you. He's talking to Chloe. Mm-hmm. And the people who worship in Chloe's living room, who, you know, have been listening to Paul, who have been listening to Apollos, who have been mm-hmm. listening to Peter preach to them mm-hmm. in person, who have gotten to know them and guided them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So that's, to me, that's an important piece mm-hmm. about any of this is no matter how we want to parse it and wrestle with it to understand exactly what. You know, who he's mm-hmm. talking to, which is why. So, this introduction here
2: mm-hmm.
0: is, you know, it's, it's really important, right? Like, this is it's a formal letter. um mm-hmm. uh, Corey said before we started recording, yeah, it's like in fifth grade when you learn how to
2: <laughs> write a
0: formal letter for the first time. So, you have mm-hmm. your heading, right? So, at the very top of the page, Paul, and so, send, I can't say that word, Sostenes.
1: Soft- Sostenes, yes.
0: Every time. It's that extra S. You know, he's got these two guys. This is who wrote it. Mm -hmm. And then who they're writing it to. Who it's addressed to. The two lines from Paul and Sosthenes to the church in Corinth. Great. Colon. Here's the beginning of our letter. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord our Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Do you start every one of your sermons with that?
1: No. I had a I had a couple pastors who did that growing up, and I always thought it was robotic. Like, it, it, it felt weird to me. It, it, it doesn't feel like... If, to me, it feels like I'm putting on someone else's shoes if I do that. Because, yeah. it, like, that's Paul's thing. And, like, I know it's effective and, like, a good, like, beginning note for other pastors, but for me, I feel like I'm putting on someone else's clothes or something.
0: I, it was definitely, like, an older pastor <laughs> thing. Um, I, I remember people doing that, and I remember definitely... Um, I, I actually preached a lot before I went to seminary and got ordained and stuff. And I did it a lot. I didn't do it every time, but I did it a lot because I thought it's what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like you're giving a formal speech letter situation to the congregation in front of mm-hmm. you. And this is how you're supposed to start, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Totally acceptable way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really do it anymore because the same thing. It doesn't it's not like this doesn't feel very mm-hmm. authentically mean. Because to mm-hmm. me, it just feels like a call to attention. Like, mm-hmm. hey, everybody, listen up!
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I did, however, supply it at a church recently that it was expected because the congregation would remain standing until you said that, and then they would sit down.
1: That's that's always that's a little eccentricities that congregations have yeah. for
2: themselves. Well
0: I'm I'm glad that like it was in the pastor notes, right? Like mm-hmm. this this church did a really good job of giving mm-hmm. like detailed notes to uh um the the pastor, right? The, mm. the supply pastor, which I really, really appreciated. You should always yeah. do that. If there's pastors out there listening, send very detailed notes mm-hmm. to your supply pastors because you may think it's normal, but it's mm-hmm. probably not um because there is no yeah. one way to do church. Mm-hmm. um anyways um i if it wasn't in those detailed notes i wouldn't have said it and then i wonder how long those people would have stood there into my sermon just standing mm-hmm. and staring at me and would i keep pre- like what would i do I'm like do, mm-hmm. are they gonna stand the whole time should i shorten it up i don't
1: mm-hmm. know yeah no and then like the flip side of that is i uh my am i my like field ed sites so not internship but the the church that i worked at for like a couple hours a week while i was in seminary they the sermon wasn't over with until the pastor said amen like you you had to say amen at the end of the sermon in order for everybody to know it was done and like this was also like a culturally different um church uh shekinah chapel in the south oh it's a great church yeah yeah so like it was different but it was also like this is good to know and before i preached for the first time pastor now bishop Yahil curry was like nope Mm -hmm. you need you need to know that they won't you right. won't be done until you say amen. Um, I love
0: that. Yeah, mm. I do say amen at the end of my sermons, but but it's just that, like, mm-hmm. so everyone knows we're done. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and and that's not even necessarily about the congregation. I think mm-hmm. mostly it's about the musician. So, like, the organist mm-hmm. or pianist knows it's time to mm-hmm. start the song. Oh, <laughs> the pastor said amen. It's time to start.
2: Mm-hmm. That, um, was... that it's
0: not actually having anything to do with a again a, a theological mm-hmm. reason.
2: That was
1: one of the things that at my previous church they didn't have the, the song the hymn of the day wasn't after the sermon. After the sermon was the Nicene Creed so I would finish preaching and then immediately have to leave the Nicene Creed so I'm already like oh. not out of breath but like I, I just exerted all this energy and then all of a sudden I'm like and now hey, we're going to see a, the night. I get a
0: cool down moment after <laughs> that right?
1: Mm-hmm. So I like I think by the end I was saying maybe half of the Nicene Creed because I would then go back to my chair and like have some of my coffee or my water and take a moment to like take a deep breath because i just couldn't this
2: this is the, you know,
1: the i
0: i think you're right when i um when i started at the Episcopal church i was serving at i also think that it was immediately after and then mm-hmm. i just decided we were inserting a hymn in between um the sermon and the nicene creed because it didn't feel right to me mm-hmm. no one ever questioned it. i just said listen there's a hymn here now mm-hmm. um and i think i maybe just thought there was an error in the bulletin mm-hmm. No one questioned it, but yeah, I guess now you say it, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: Anyways, um, mm-hmm. I did it. Cor- Corey is also a uh, ordained Lutheran pastor who has been serving at an Episcopal congregation. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, we just get to reflect on our fun um, ecumenical partners sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it is fascinating to mm-hmm. learn the way different churches do things. Mm-hmm you know, part of my journey of leaving the Midwest and coming to the East coast is I wanted to experience different kinds of Lutheranism. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause in the Midwest, it's, it's a different animal than it is mm-hmm. um, on the East coast. Uh, and so I learned that, but then there's also like exploring different churches, structures mm-hmm. and kind of different theologies and just kind of how it, You know, things that they maybe give different meaning and stock to, um, Mm -hmm. which really just, I I think, exemplifies to me that, like, we made it all up, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's no, the Book of Common Prayer, like, prescribed, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. Holy Eucharist, write 1 and write 2 didn't Mm -hmm. pop directly out of Paul's letters, and Mm -hmm. neither did the Lutheran Book of Worship, or it's not setting one. We don't have fancy, we're just setting one.
2: no and I, so, like,
0: I mean so like that's I understand is like there's mm-hmm. not I don't think i get in trouble for saying there's not well no not in the Lutheran Church there's not one right way to like mm-hmm. you know worship and, and do church
2: mm-hmm. no yeah
1: no there's not one one right way and it's like it's balancing that like there mm-hmm. is like I as someone who was just like we, we made all this up why why do we put there's like there's a little bit of the like I understand like this is what I've been doing since I was a kid. I okay. sat in the, in the pews with my grandma, and so this brings me comfort. But also, like, that, the idea that at least some of this stuff, going back thousands of years, um, we can we can point to, like, Paul's letters, at least, for, like, the Lord's Supper. Maybe, like, Christians, I'm, like, standing in line with thousands of years of Christians before me. And that's, like, a little bit comforting, and that's why I'm like, okay, maybe don't throw all... Yeah, yeah. Of
0: that, well, I mean, so like... that's, um, so that brings us actually, um, I think we've been in a rabbit hole, but it brings us back to the Corinthians <laughs> a little bit where I said, like, remember, they didn't write it, they weren't writing it to you. Mm-hmm. However,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what is also true is that we do use these letters as a a reference and a guide for what we do believe and how we do conduct um, ourselves mm-hmm. as followers of Jesus Christ. That's mm-hmm. why we have included them in the canon of the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: They have been selected as the important ones that we as Christians say, yes, we, we believe these things. Mm-hmm. Um, Right? So, like, it's a both-and. No, it's yeah. not. It was not written to you. Mm-hmm. And we use these as guides, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. how we got to some of the things that we, you know, we believe mm-hmm. about communion and the way that we should do our gatherings and stuff.
1: Yeah. I can't remember who said it i want to say it was luther but this feels that also feels wrong but like this idea that like the
0: really lutheran thing to do immediately obviously it was luther that probably said it anyways can you I, I, I it
1: was definitely at i heard it at a lutheran seminary that's <laughs> up, that's for sure um but the idea that like the bible is um uh, one of the places where we can come to and like know for sure. Like, the Holy Spirit and God is still speaking to us today in so many ways out in the world around us. But we can't always know where that is. The one place where we can kind of be, like, a little bit sure that this is God speaking to us more concretely is in the Bible. And that is, like, at least a little bit true. Like, we can still come and find the inspired Word of God here. And Mm -hmm. instead of, like, looking out our windows and being, like, is God trying... To speak to me by making the sunset that pretty today like that's harder
0: i think i think you're right that that was luther that that, that okay. said then okay uh, i do think about 50 of things we attribute to luther melanchthon actually said mm-hmm. um but this one i do believe that's out of the the large catechism mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah that just that of like you know god is speaking to us all around we don't <laughs> really we can't be sure of any of those places but we feel reasonably <laughs> sure that we can continue to hear god speaking through the bible i love that yeah yeah that was i'm i am also pretty sure that that was Hmm. luther
1: i'm just now realizing we probably attribute more things to luther than melanchthon because who wants to have to say melanchthon over and over and over again dude had a last name for the ages yeah
0: um for those that are like who the hell are you talking about (laughs) so in um you know you've heard of martin luther the 95 thesis and that whole thing that you know split the church um in 1517 um they did a lot of writing they did a lot of letter fighting back and Mm -hmm. forth with the the catholic church at the time um and a good chunk of the letter fighting um wasn't not actually written by martin luther it was written by philip melanchthon who was like a close associate uh, of luther um right like they came up with ideas together and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but that um those were actually Mm -hmm. written by a different guy yeah he does he doesn't get any of the credit we just go oh the reformation Mm -hmm. martin luther he did the whole thing yeah he didn't do the whole thing by himself let's be serious
2: yeah, it was. This- um,
0: and Corey mentioned earlier um, this book called The Book of Concord, which is mm-hmm. a big ass book about the size of a Bible. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm looking around for mine, like, people will be able to see it if I hold it up.
0: I Right, exactly, because we're on a podcast. <laughs> I was also looking around her mind to do the same thing. And then I always really, I just realized that it's not in this room and I think mm-hmm. it's in a, I still have like three or four boxes mm-hmm. of books that are sitting. I have that. I haven't unpacked yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sitting with, with that collection of books. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, mm-hmm. It's a large book with all of the writings of, of the, a, about around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are by Martin Luther and Philip Melanchthon and a couple other authors that we sort of say this is our like official canon of things doctrine that we believe. I also do air quotes a lot and no one can see those, those either. Um, that we as Lutherans say, Hey, these are the things that we believe. Um, and essentially what it is is these are the, the ideas that these guys sort of landed on and they're based in scripture.
1: Mm-hmm it's a fun read if you've got you know
0: a lot of time or you're forced to read it in seminary
1: if you want to take a nap
0: i don't know sometimes i find it easier to read uh than the the bible itself and maybe that's because i think the context isn't so um Mm -hmm. elusive yeah maybe
1: i just get confused because the way at least parts of it are written it was because this is way back in the day where if something was written it was official if it was written officially, it was written in Latin. It had to be yeah. Latin if it was official church things. And so there's a... a it was written in yep. both German and Latin, and so the pages are, instead of, like, consecutive, on one side it's German and on one side it's Latin, and then I'm constantly reading the same thing over again and being like, I, I just I read just this. read that. What
2: mm-hmm. is going on? Yeah.
0: Fun things that uh, you get to do in seminary. mm mm-hmm. um, Anyways, uh pastor cory thank you so much for uh Mm -hmm. chatting with us uh about first corinthians um and just starting to dive into the world of paul um uh when i asked pastor cory we should talk about uh i then immediately you know said we're going to talk about uh, corinthians because um it's a book that we haven't talked about yet and i Mm -hmm. think that there's just so much that we can uh pull apart because i think you know paul does say a lot of uncomfortable things that just like mm-hmm. the podcast says are things pastors don't want to touch with a 10 foot pole um, because they're uncomfortable, right? Like for him to say, mm-hmm. I love you. And you know, don't sleep with your mother-in-law. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine if you were sitting in a pew on Sunday morning and your pastor said that someone would definitely clutch their pearls.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but we need to talk about it and we need to, to wrestle with some of those hard things. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for diving into this mm-hmm. um, fun tunnel that we're in.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to, to continue to listen to the podcast and and see all of the doings on online.
0: Thanks. Blood. Yeah. Well, everybody, um, that's probably about all I got. Anyways, uh, you can learn more at 10footpolepodcast.com. Uh, find us on Facebook and Instagram and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe so that you can get notifications when new episodes come out. And the Ten Foot Full Podcast is a ministry of the Delaware Maryland Synod. To learn more, go to demdsynod.org. Take care.